Okay. Well, uh, it's a very, very long journey, of course, for me, because I grew up in a family that did not practice faith at all. And my parents were just, uh, let's say, living during a communism time uh, in Ukraine, especially east part of Ukraine, where communism took very, very deep roots. And um, majority of families uh, who we were surrounded uh, by, and uh, it was a taboo question. Nobody talks about God because God does not exist. And plus, you know, um, I grew up in a city which called Zaporozhye City, and that city was meant to be uh, a city without God. It was a dream of Lenin to build something similar to Nova Huta in uh, Poland. So it was supposed to be the city very industrial, very uh, hardworking class, and uh, people that upright uh, can uprise the Soviet Union, and uh, but only one exception that God should not be uh, known uh, because He does not exist. No, so my grandparents they immigrated actually from Russia. It's uh, near Ukraine, right of, uh, on the border of Ukraine, and they, they immigrated. They were very young. They moved to Ukraine because it was. Um, uh, promised prosperity, and they were very poor. That my grandmother probably, um, well, and she is the most uh, religious person <laughs> in our family, I think, uh, because you know, um, when I was seven years old, uh, she called me to herself and she said, "Valentina, I have to teach you something." And and I always thought that she was very religious somehow. She always had a holy water in her house, and she had an icon in the corner of her room. And that's where she said to me, come here, I want to teach you how to pray our Father prayer. Just in case God exists, you must know this prayer. <laughs> and so I was about seven years old at that time. Um, I, she taught me this prayer, and um, I knew this prayer, but I never used it because uh, none of my friends anywhere in school, especially teenage years, we never talked about God. We were, let us put it this way, uh, we were very embarrassed to even um, touch that subject. So I grew up completely without faith uh, at all. My my mom, uh, during the Easter time, uh, she would bake a special Easter bread uh, that we make in Ukraine and we would uh, color the eggs, but it was because Easter bread was tasty and it's just something that people did rather in a superstitious way, you know. However, I was baptized by the miracle <laughs> because everybody else was doing that just again um, in case God exists, you know. And I was baptized as an infant. My parents did not even remember the day of my baptism. So for them, it was not important. The fact that I have been given uh, into the hands of God on that day, it was just superstition rather that uh, the evil will not devour the child and <laughs> things like that. So that that, that was... Um, about it, and I would become to know God only um, around 20 years old, really. 
when I moved here to United States. Yes, uh, well, I grew up without father. My parents divorced when I was five years old, and that hunger to be, you know, that the child childlike hunger of being embraced by the father, of being loved by the father, of being, um, let's say, nurtured by the father was so much deeply within me, and I, uh, I, I miss that presence of the father very much in my life. So it was a void, and. Um, when I moved here to the United States, I was 18 years old. I, in fact, uh, I won a lottery to come here. Um, it's it's well known here, here in America. Uh, it's not that extremely, let's say, surprising because many many people do win this lottery. It's called green card uh, lottery. And uh, so I had no idea that I was even playing this lottery. Uh, my mom she entered me there and. Um, only when I won, she told me that news. <laughs> so I had no idea that I would go to the United States. In fact, I really did not want to go. Uh, I was uh, so young and I was 17 at that time. I did not speak any English. I was just thinking about only, you know, about my friends and uh, school and you know, so it was not that something I was looking forward to. But then I understood that, okay, so I will be 18 years old and completely free in the United States <laughs> uh, without any parents, without anyone to uh, kind of navigate me through life. But uh, so when I came here, of course, as every immigrant feels, there's uh, a tremendous difficulty encountering different culture. Uh, different people, the way how people um, live generally, you know. So I, I was also um, struggling like so many others. And uh, probably about a year and a half, I have entered into such a difficult time in my life that I just had no desire whatsoever to look into the future. Because to me, the future really did not even exist because I knew that um, from seeing around me so many broken families, um, no, n not really even single one good example of faithful love. It's just that the people who were around me, surrounded me, uh, let's say uh, at that time was just, you know, very difficult to find because they also lived without God, and they were mostly Russian-speaking communities and Russian-Ukrainian-speaking, you know, Slovenian countries, basically, and um, also trying to survive, let us say, um, working really hard. And um, But I could see that void in them, too, and I felt that within me, and I just thought, so what is the life uh, actually about? Um how can I, how can I live this life? Is that, does it have any sense? So I was just entering into something that I think for many young people, uh, very familiar, um, that struggle, that suffering, that unexplainable void uh, within. So, and one morning, it was, I just um, remember this morning very vividly that I woke up and I, Felt terrible, just terrible, and I remember, I remember that prayer which grandmother taught me, 
in case God exists, say our father prayer, and maybe he will come to help you if he's real. You know, it's always like if, if, if. <laughs> so I had already nothing more uh, to to reach out for, you know. And so I thought, I'll, I'll give a chance uh, to this prayer. I give a chance to God. And so what happened when I prayed this prayer, I just remembered so much till this day is that I stopped in this words. It's just like our father. And then I understood it's, it's not just our father. It is my father for whom I have been uh, seeking, wanting, and uh, so much he's right here. And he is reaching to me right now. So I felt his presence. It's very difficult to describe. I, I wouldn't put this like into the any rank of anything mystical, you know, but it was just that peace uh, which I needed desperately to survive the next day, you know. As things begin to change really fast. I felt joy. felt joy that I have not experienced in many years. It was just always within me some kind of a, like, let's say, um, uh, half a joy. <laughs> I would be joyful outside, but inside it would be another story, you know. And uh, but it was joy all over, inside and outside. And uh, very soon, you know, in a matter of few weeks, I was just so excited to live this life with my father because he entered into my life that way, and I just really do not know God in any, any other way. Uh, any kind of just, uh, let's say, random spiritual being or energy or any of that. He entered into my life as a father, and I just completely felt his daughter. Uh, that was very powerful. In fact, in about a uh, few weeks, um, I have pretty much lost all my R Russian-speaking, Ukrainian-speaking friends <laughs> because they couldn't have anything to do with me because all I wanted is to talk about my father and if if nobody would want to talk about this I had nothing else to talk about because everything was said before and it was empty and now I was feeling that I'm talking about someone and I begin to experience that uh, actually around me at least nobody knew what I was talking about about who I'm talking about you know it was just a little bit about faith here and there but nobody could really explain to me who the father is because I did not know Jesus or blessed mother or the saints I know of them from the very very long distance because you know I think everybody in the world heard name Jesus you know Mary <laughs> um Probably, but it was so far away. To me, it was far, father. And it was really interesting that uh, at this time, I was learning uh, English by watching American movies <laughs> with the subtitles. And I love to watch movies which were uh, 18th century, early 19th century, where it would be very good pronunciation of English. So, and I would watch with subtitles. And oftentimes it would be movies um, you know, with uh, have something to do with the Catholic Church, you know, um, and I was just captivated. And at that time, I felt that the only person probably who knows about my father, it is um, that man who wears the black with the white 
with a white <laughs> square on his neck. <laughs> so I wanted to meet one of those people. And it would, of course, come a little later, you know, in my life when I would just uh, begin to uh, enter a little bit deeper, you know, into into that love story, which um, Father has invited me. <laughs> so, you know, it means to be uh, completely embraced, embraced and like, let's say, uh, invited to live his mystery, um, invited to, uh, to that preciousness, to that individual, individual love that he has for each one of us, uh, with such a power, with such a strength, with such an omnipotence, and yet so humble, uh, that, that want to love with first invitation, you know, almost like, uh, asking, uh, can I please love you? And my love for you that much, and I, my providence in your life that much, that I want to actually experience that in your life. And whatever it's going to be, we're going to be uh, living and doing that together. And I'm giving to you, uh, I'm giving to you that uh, that everything through my son, and make everything incarnated to you, which makes everything just like a wedding and dowry, <laughs> everything I created for you. So you will know your, your bridegroom, you know, uh, uh, your bride, bride will know your, your her bridegroom. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I think in many ways I have been very spoiled by his love um, because in fact, it was the moment when I, um, when, fa- when father, needed to really deeply introduce me to Jesus um, because my relationship was so much, so much of uh, being nurtured by that fatherly love. And it is father who introduced me, let's say, to Jesus. You know? uh, and uh, um, it's almost difficult to put into the words. Mm, maybe, maybe because it was, taking, it was taking some steps and the length of time to begin to understand several things, you know, in my life too. Um, but it's just that I find incredible. It's like a father introducing to Jesus. Oftentimes it is Jesus normally introduces to the father because his dream is throughout the gospels that all of us will know about the father. He was like, he, especially in the gospel of John, he's just absolutely referring everything to the father. No? And in my story, it was like, seems the opposite way. <laughs> he was introducing me. Father introducing me to Jesus, and uh, and I remember through prayer one time I was experiencing, um, let's say, um, the way how Jesus prays to the Father, and it was such a power and love that I felt almost, uh, if I could put it this way, I hope it will be understood correctly, like a uh, a beautiful jealousy <laughs> with the way how Jesus loves the Father. And I wanted to love him that much as he loves the father. And it was invitation at that moment. It was a tremendous change for me, that invitation of Jesus now come and love the father with me that way, because I will show you the way how to love him through everything. So it was incredible. It was a really real experience for me. You know, um, 
I live very, very busy life and uh, in a mission. Um, Chalice of Mercy brings so many, let's say, um, uh, works in a day, no? <laughs> As any mission really does. It's just a general life uh, for all of us is very busy. Um, and I think it is uh, of just allowing him to lead the day. Um, living in that present moment is difficult task, but very beautiful in many ways because there's oftentimes um, uh, like w we almost like plan too so much our life and there's nothing else is able to enter into our very, very little primitive square that we have uh, pla placed ourselves in, no? Mm -hmm. But the father is... Uh, uh, father is giving us such a beautiful freedom is that if you could just uh, a picture how the uh, the father is holding a child um, by his fingers you know when you when the child begins to walk uh, first making the first steps the fathers or the mother stand behind and they just give the fingers for the child to to hold on <laughs> to and so the child is really navigating, um, but the father is holding, and and the child keeps going forward, and the father stays behind and watching, and the radius of everything that uh, child is going to walk and protects that child because God is giving us that that freedom to do, to live and to express our gifts, you know, all of the things that um is within us as long as we hold his fingers you know because he's not going to be pulling he's too uh too much love in our freedom and too much want us to love him for who he is uh not not for what he can give us but who he really is and so he's not gonna let's say pull it out he always going to be inviting and trying to redirect us if we go to the wrong way and so it is for me is just to hold his fingers, you know, that hold him tight because I know that he as long as as long as I don't run too far <laughs> from him, you know, and uh really want to participate in everything. But we have to give him also freedom to express and not to control too much, you know. So I have been learning this and still learning this every day. No, um, for example, this year is very difficult for all of us. No, uh, a lot of things has been canceled, especially for missionaries in the world plans. Uh, uh, you know, and we had a lot of plans this year uh, through Chalice of Mercy. All of it is canceled, and I'm still here in the United States. I should be already in Ukraine or some other country, <laughs> um, but I'm here, and in and and it's this Thanksgiving. Because I see that how much providence he brought uh, every day of just being here. And the mission continues. Then I think, like, what if I would be uh, choosing to, no matter what the cost, to go back to Ukraine, no matter what the cost to do, you know, all of the things that, you know, I have planned to do. Um, I would miss out on all of this incredible opportunities that comes every day in my life personally, no? And in the life of the mission. 
So it's giving that freedom and not being afraid of unknowing because there's no such a thing in God. It does not exist. Everything is known by Him. We only enter into the day which is in God. We always enter in God. We just have to have that confidence uh, and that um, abandonment uh, into His into His uh, providence for us. You know, I would say that <clears throat> a lot of times the fears we live, the anxieties we live, the um, you know preoccupations, and um, a lot of times, let's say maybe eighty percent of it, you know, it's something that we just uh, um, it just happened to us because we have no we know theologically about God, you know, as the study of Him, but we do not know Him really, really discovering him, no? There's one time, uh, actually not that long ago, I was invited by my friend to give a testimony to the young people. They were 17 years old, no? Confirmation uh, school, uh, confirmation classes. And at this point, uh, mission was so overwhelmingly big. There was so many things happening beautiful things happening but at that time i was just feeling that uh that exhaustion maybe let's say uh physical exhaustion uh in some way spiritual exhaustion even no and i could see that mission is growing but at the same time i was hungering more for god so much that i would do anything to uh i would do anything basically to just to have that time um, stop time, you know, of just being with him, but I could not see that happening. So, <clears throat> and at the same time, I was feeling, uh, I was hearing this, and uh, many people would say, oh, how beautiful, uh, how beautiful these works are, you know, how beautiful the mission is, and how beautiful uh, you are, how beautiful instrument you are in God's hands. And at that time, when I would hear this, I would feel something like it's like breaking within me. And I would always we, like silently ask this question, that person, do you mean I am just an instrument in God's hands? He is my father. And instrument is something that we use, not, uh, we use for achieving something. And God is never using us to achieve anything besides to give us first love so much that with this love, we will be able to love another person, love the life that we live in in thanksgiving, given to, to God through uh, our life, no? And I was just feeling very, let's say, each time uh, broken by hearing this. And I think it needs to be, of course, understood in the right way, you know? Because we hear that even Mother Teresa would say, you know, I'm a pencil in God's hands. And it does you know, and saying that I just would like to be your instrument, God, I would like to be your instrument to be, uh, bring the good works that you do to this world. No, bring this to me. But it was the moment that I was leaving and rediscovering that I'm not an instrument, in fact, and the Father is not using any of us, just at the cost of conversion of so many people. But he wanted to, um, for us to know how much we are beloved son and daughter, exactly that. 
um, how much we are so so belong to him that it is him before anything is going to do everything, you know, and we would just enjoy his closeness and his presence in his suffering and in his joy, and then everything will happen will be happening in our life, no so and I thought going to the young people to this confirmation class, I was just telling to my friend, I really don't want to go because I think young people right now at this time. They just don't want to hear successful stories about some kind of a mission somewhere in the world, you know, that while they are dying inside of thirst for God and not knowing how to, how, how to, how to be. And they, they hear a lot of these things that we must do, but not about who we must be, no? And I was myself living, like, let's say, a little crisis and that. Um, so he said, but please come anyway. Well, at the end, I said yes, and uh, I shared about the mission and start sharing about that, how God is not, how God sees us, no, exactly, precisely that son and the daughter, the beloved, worthy of dying, worthy of, worthy of um, bringing every suffering that on the cross, no, through Jesus, just for one, and just for one, that love is is uh, so much expressed. I would just encourage everyone, um, and myself including, that never forget that. Um, uh, even the story, you know, of a prodigal son, uh, no, when, when he comes back to the father, father is not telling to him, now you're going to, I'm going to be using you. I'm going to be, uh, you're going to be now repaying everything back, no? He is giving him what the royal father would give, you know, to his to his son, restoring his dignity always. Is that not to forget that only when we could be in fact just recently just thinking about so much, what is that responsibility of the Christian? What does that make us responsible Christians, you no, know, in the world? Somebody brought this up and and I was thinking that um the word responsible means uh, to have ability to respond. Uh, to respond to what? To the love of God, you know, that given through the Father, to the Son, through the Son to the Father. And that love is that penetrating Holy Spirit so powerfully given to us when we just invoke. But the key, the main key is to invoke as a child would invoke, no? Just the way how Jesus has taught us to pray, and uh, never like not to forget that somehow, uh, somehow always go back to this original plan of God. No, <laughs> original plan that before anything, before you could be instrumental, let's say, uh, for doing anything, um, you have to know who you are. Uh, you are. This is your first vocation in life, no? Before we will become doing something with God and let's say that co uh, uh, consecrate, living consecrated life in a uh, priesthood, monastic life, uh, you know, missionary life, uh, married life. Before anything, to do uh, to live that well, to respond to that, no? We need to respond uh, to first call son and a daughter. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. 
and then you can respond uh, to have ability to respond to what you're going to do through Jesus in this in this world. Then it could be called, let's say, instrumental, no? But it's rather to first to understand like your roots, who you are, how you are, how you belong to God powerfully. You're, you know, uh, in image and likeness of God, how you belong to Him. Во имя Отца и Сына и Святого Духа. Аминь. Отче наш, души на небесах, да святится имя Твое, да придет Царствие Твое, да будет воля Твоя, как на небе, так и на земле. Хлеб наш насущный, дай нам на сей день, и прости нам долги наши, как и мы прощаем должникам нашим. И не введи нас во искушение, но избав нас от лукавого. Аминь.